and welcome back to the Breaking Western podcast. We are in season four. Going for broke. And today we are really going for broke. Abby, tell them who we're talking to. Well, uh, this is a guest that we've had on before, but just for music. And we love her. Um, she's another small town girl, just like us, but she's from the West Coast. She hails from. What do we want to say? Rainy Oregon? I don't know what it's like there. Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> it, seems, it seems rainy. I guess it's it is raining. Okay, nailed it. Nailed it. Um, we have Olivia Harms, super talented musician, um, Western and country. She is touring all over the place right now out of her van. With um, her dog. With her dog. It's the truck and camper, dude. It's With the dog. It's and perfect. It's, it's so good. It's the dream. It's so good. Um, but she's also <laughs> recorded in Nashville, and she's just she just puts out bangers time after time. So yeah. we're so excited to have you. Olivia Harms, how's it going? Good. How the heck are you guys? <laughs> we're so good. We're excited to be talking to you. I think last time you were on, um, plug in the Instagram if people don't follow us there. We also do live music um, on Wednesdays. We're getting back to Ideally. it. Ideally. <laughs> um, and Olivia was nice enough to do that for us. So this feels like full circle that we finally get to talk to you more like in depth about some of the things that you're doing and especially the DIY aspect of it um, and going for broke, you know, kind of getting involved with all the, the ins and outs of all that. But let's start at the beginning. So yeah. Olivia, tell us how you got started. Okay, so um, I, my mom is a musician, so that's kind of the the whole reason I got started on music, but um, she was never pushy. It just in the beginning, she said, if you want to come with me and play some music, I used to come along and sing Coyote Yodel, or I wrote this little song called, um, uh, you know, I want to be a cowgirl sweetheart. You know, I would, I would sing that and then do the song that I wrote, Coyote Yodel, and it was always so much fun to just get up there and sing and, you know, dance around. And then as time went on, I started really enjoying the songwriting aspect of everything and learning to play guitar and, um, you know, always going new places and meeting new people. And, and so the older I got, the more I had the music bug and I just kept deciding to, to go for it and uh, pursue this crazy dream. Aw, I love that. So I feel like there are probably some listeners sitting here asking themselves why we have a musician in a season about like going for broke and spending our money on quality products. Um, so Olivia, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little more about like your personal music journey and what it's taken for you to become just like an artist who would hop on stage with your mom um, or writing songs here and there to becoming a recording artist and going on tour. Yeah, so it's definitely been a journey. Um, you know, I started out just kind of playing at her shows, and then I went on to start trying to book some of my own, and um, then I thought, well, all right, at 16, I wanted to make my own album. That way I have the experience and something to sell, and people would kind of have an understanding of uh, who I was in a, as an artist. And so I went back to Nashville at 16 and recorded my first album, uh, and that was quite an experience. But then, you know, not everything is a Taylor Swift story, so I'm so <laughs> thankful that it didn't skyrocket overnight like my little 16-year-old self thought it might. Um, and then I just, you know, kept going through high school and college, uh, booking my own gigs because I didn't want to pay for a booking agent and doing my own social media and trying to get the hang of it because I didn't want to pay for someone to do that. Um, and then as soon as I graduated from college, I kind of started really understanding uh, the benefit that you can have from 
co-writing. And so I just made the investment of commuting back and forth to Nashville, spending almost half a year there every year and, and writing. Uh, I got signed to a publishing deal, which was great. It introduced me to a whole bunch of new songwriters that I could get together with when I was in town and just schedule my time and write, write, write a whole bunch. Then I go back to Oregon and play, play, play and tour and try to get, you know, the limits of the Northwest pushed out a little bit. And I've been doing that for the last four years. Um, and then as soon as I kind of thought I had the bank of songs that I was really excited and proud of, um, you know, it's, it's past due for me to come out with a second album. So in <laughs> May, <laughs> May of this year, I finally released my second album. It took about 10 years to get it done, you know, from the, the 16 year old album to the, the one that's uh, just come out. But I feel like it's a, it's a good thing, you know, good things take time and it's a good representation of who I am as a songwriter and an artist. Uh, definitely very different from when I was 16. And so now it's just been like the full-time job of doing all the, the parts, being my own manager, my own booking agent, social media, you know, publicist, all those things going for broke because I don't really <laughs> want to share the money to pay someone else to do these things for me. Yes. Uh, so when you're talking about commuting, let's just reiterate this. You're talking about commuting from Canby, Oregon, right? Yeah. Yes. Like this I is have, a half hour. <laughs> this is halfway this across is not the a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just say I am very, very good with my frequent flyer miles on Delta Airlines. We've become good buddies for sure. <laughs> that is so impressive to me. So I, I mean, as a musician, I can ask you what first inspired you to go to Nashville, but I feel like I kind of get it. But was that the thing? You're like, I want to go. I want to be Taylor Swift. I want to go, like, like drink the Nashville water. where country music happens. Yeah. But, like, what took you there other than Delta? 100%. That's, oh, yeah, other than Delta. <laughs> That's totally it. You know, like, at 16, that was my goal. Was like, let's be Taylor Swift. Um, and then, as you know, I kind of faded out of that wanting to be pop country and kind of got reacquainted with my traditional country western roots that I had kind of shied away from for a while. I just have always loved telling stories and it's not about being famous for me. I'm happy wherever music takes me. Um, But the more people you meet and the more you play for them and once in a while when you get someone that says, oh my gosh, the song that you wrote, it really helped me through a hard time or it really got me amped up or it's like me and my, my buddies favorite song to listen to when we're getting ready to go bar hopping on a Saturday night. That's my favorite reason to do it is just because music has always been there for me. And I feel like the best way I can connect with other people is have my music be there for them and just have my music be a part of their life. And so I think that's what's kind of spurred me on the most is just wanting to be that for people and wanting the adventure of going new places that I never would have the chance to go if it wasn't for music and so Nashville was kind of that connecting piece for me uh, because it does have that credibility. If you say, oh, yeah, I spend time in Nashville and you, you know, get to meet some of these amazing songwriters, it's kind of like a mini college because there's been so many things <laughs> I've learned from just going to all these co-writes and having people teach me a thing or two about songwriting or suggest things for me. And And so I've learned a lot, and it's just addicting. You get there and you just, you know, you don't want to leave, but you also kind of want to make a living. So for me, that's been my biggest incentive to keep commuting is I love Nashville. I'd love to move, but I also like making a living. And 
<laughs> and I'm saying put out your tip jar and sing for exposure and tips isn't always my favorite. You know, I kind of like people saying, oh, we'll pay you for a couple hours. <laughs> You're so vain. Scott, how dare you? I have know. You, I know. Have I, you seen that meme of the skeleton sitting at a table and it's like a musician um, dying of exposure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think yes. that's really hard about living in, like, the the era of streamable music. Like, when you have platforms like Spotify or Apple Music or any number of places where you can listen to music, quote-unquote, for free, mm. um, it makes it really hard on artists in a way that I don't think we always recognize because if music is just at our fingertips, like, sometimes it can be easy to think that those artists should also be at our disposal as well. Um so how, what's that been like for you trying to transition from like young artist who just is looking for exposure to now like a well-established artist who's trying to do this for a living? I think it's just, you know, the hard work and keeping at it. I don't know if I have any secrets of how to bridge that gap. Um, I think social media is like a huge help because people kind of like to get to know you and if they think you're quirky and they feel like they know little bits and pieces of your life they make that connection and they get more invested in knowing you as a person and not just this singer um so i think that helps a ton and that's so great because social media lets you do that and then people can say oh well yeah i saw this person and i guess she sings so maybe we'll go on spotify and look her up and they have a little bit more personal touch there than maybe just finding your music and be like, oh, that's a cool song. And I think I think that helps. At least it's helped me because I, I think the more I've shared about my life and my travels back and forth to Nashville or, you know, the struggles of touring around in a trailer with two dogs or whatever, I think people <laughs> get more invested and curious about what I'm doing next. How many times a week do they puke on the camper floor? <laughs> Thank goodness. They they haven't. They are such like I am just so proud Aww. of my little troopers. They're they've been really well. We haven't had any accidents in the in the new house. It's great. I can tell people that um I have two homes. You know, they don't really have to know. I can sound like I'm living large. They're like, Yeah, I, I have uh, two homes. One is on wheels and one is <laughs> it's an old Very Yeah. It's great. It's in another I'm state. Still, <laughs> Super great vacation home, and then the main house. Doing well. well I oh think Angela God. just told us more about her dogs than um, than anything else. <laughs> I just, you know, it, it can look a lot more glamorous from the outside. Is as all most I'm things saying. do. As most things do. As like a being person who travels with Abby, I can tell you it looks more glamorous well, than it is for yourself. Oh, one hundred all hours. <laughs> So, Olivia, as you're establishing this brand identity for yourself, your music, um, how did you start to differentiate between, like, the country and Western genres? How do you feel about that word, genre? Um, like, do you try and fit into one or the other, or where do you feel like you fall within those worlds? I think that's been another little journey for me is because coming from, you know, a, a family and a background where – uh, we're very Western, you know, we, we raised cows and my mom's very traditional country Western. Um, I always loved that part of my life, but there for a while, especially in my early teenage years to 16, you know, I'm like 18, I was trying to blaze my own trail and 
differentiate myself, feeling like it would be better if I was more contemporary country or pop country, uh, just because I wanted to be different and I'm stubborn, you know. <laughs> but as time went on, I just really, I was like, I love rodeo and I love coming from a ranch background and I love my boots and I love wearing a hat and that's, that's me. No matter how much I try to like avoid it, that's always going to be me as I'm, I'm traditional country. And so I just kind of, I don't know, three years ago quit trying to fit the contemporary Nashville country mold. And I thought, I'm just going to write music that I want to write, that I want to sing about, that sounds like me and my friends. And people will either like it or they won't. But that's okay. At least I'm being me and I'm being authentic. And that's the best thing I can do because people will either really relate to it and they'll say, yeah, this is great. Or they'll be like, no, that's not for me. And that's <laughs> that's fine. So I don't really try to fit a genre. I think I I probably, if I had to title myself, it would probably be more like um, – Texas country or like the really old 90s prime country but I just kind of yeah just write what I want to write sing what I want to sing and if people like it great if not like change the song and find somebody else (laughs) (laughs) and you know I think that's probably the most common theme that we come that we hear coming through all of our guests is Mm. authenticity and like the importance of just being you and doing your own thing. And people will notice that because that kind of work really speaks for itself, uh, which is something so powerful. And it's kind of refreshing to hear in the music industry, especially mm-hmm. like in the country and Western vein. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had some offers in Nashville and things that have, I've kind of run across where they say, you know, we could probably, uh, bump up your career if you did something different, you know, maybe dress a little bit more contemporary and sing more like Kelsey Ballerini. Um, but I don't, I don't want it that way. I, I if I'm going to be successful, I want it because I'm doing it my way and I worked hard for it and it's totally me instead of trying to put on something that's fake and foreign to me and having success that way. I would much rather be a, you know, going for broke but going for authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> right off her feet. <laughs> uh, so give the listeners an idea of what you do as far as like DIY, because I'm sure it's not what you thought it would look like when you were 16. Like, okay, I have to number one, learn how to play guitar. And number two, um, sing and maybe remember some words. But like, what right. else is there that goes into it that people aren't seeing? I think there's like so, so much. I think my, my favorite question is when people ask me like, what, what do you do? Or like, what's your real job? Because I just <laughs> like battle grind my gears like nothing else. I'm sure Angela's have this question too. Like, you're like, yes, well, what's ma'am. your real job? And I'm like, this is a real job. Like the singing and like getting <laughs> up on stage and playing for an hour or two hours. That's the easiest part of what I do. The, the hard part is travel and organizing the travel. I don't have anybody doing that yes. for me. I got to put on the miles. I got to make sure that I have uh, the finances to get to the gig and play the gig and then get back and make sure that it's worth my time to get to and from there and that the pay is going to cover the expenses. Uh, we have to book the gig. So I treat music as a full-time job. I get up at like 6.30 every day, do my morning routine with my dogs, and then by 9 o'clock I clock in and sit there and get some stuff organized for social media or go and research places that I could play and reach out to them and 
then keep a log of where I've contacted and how long it, it should go by before I contact them again or organize a tour. Or, you know, there's always stuff that can be done. Tax and finance-wise, that's my least favorite because I'm Ooh, not very good at numbers. But that's another thing, like, the IRS does not pay that much attention <laughs> to musicians, but we also need to, like, keep it in order because if you just hand them receipts at the end of the year, my accountant's not very happy with me. <laughs> so you so there's do a lot going on. So you do outsource some of it. You just mentioned accountant. What else do yeah. you do for outsourcing? That's probably the main thing that I outsource um, just because I, I don't want to mess with it. Um, and then the other things that I've done – is support some of my other restaurant industry friends, like McFarland Productions, who's done a ton of my photography. Love her. I love her, too. She's the best. But, I mean, there's some things where I appreciate the talent that other people have that I just don't. Um, And I can do photography, you know, here and there for social media. But for big projects, it's so much easier if I just support someone that has the talent and is going to be able to do a good job. Um, so for like my album art and for a lot of the publicity leading up to my album release and for some of my music videos and stuff, I've used her. She's a great friend and I know she's going to like just do a like bang up job. So it's just been easier to outsource stuff like that. Love to hear that. Like recognizing where other people have strengths where you are not as strong and then, you know, lifting each other up in the process is so important, especially like when you're just starting out. Um, what I want to talk about though is merch and Ooh. merch as the lifeblood of the small musician. Absolutely. Because I didn't realize this until becoming such good friends with a musician that buying a CD instead of just like streaming the songs or, or, you know, snagging a t-shirt or even a koozie at a show makes a huge, huge impact. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, to be completely honest, I've only been selling merch for like the last year. I've always had CDs and pictures and stickers and things, but as far as like caps and t-shirts, um, I, I don't know. I was just always so terrified to pull the trigger because looking into it, you're like, shit, I'm going to spend like $1,500 on a shirt. Who's yeah, going to want to buy Mary. these shirts that say my <laughs> name on them? No one's going to want these. I'm going to be stuck with all these little suckers. But <laughs> Imposter syndrome strikes again. <laughs> I know, but finally I was like, okay, I've got to do it. And I've just been like so blown away and so thankful for all the people that just want to support small musicians that are going out there and working hard to get it done. And I don't think they really care what it says. I think they just like to support us if they like the music and it has been like it has been amazing i have mcintyre saddlery out of texas do my t-shirts for me and i've had to make like four or five orders with her just to fill in and it's been so nice to have people support in that way because you're right it does make a huge difference yeah i truly i don't think people understand that if you were streaming an album on your phone i don't know if you could live long enough to stream it for the amount of time that would to eat a meal to pay for like one t-shirt. Right. Like, right. like t-shirts are everything. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So buy the damn merch. Stream, <laughs> buy the damn merch. Buy it, please. Every stream I think is like one penny or less. Like, so just yeah. if people want a perspective of what it is, 
it's not a lot. Unless you want to go to bed, like this is the way you could help me and Angela. Put <laughs> yes, one yes. of our songs on before yep. bed and like turn your phone onto zero volume and just let her run on repeat. And then we can rack up some streams and maybe you'll like crank it up to 50 cents after a month of doing that. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one that does that. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Wow, your album's had a lot of streams lately, and Thank they're so much. all from Talk your hometown. Really <laughs> you're like, well, Big I'll be darned. Here. <laughs> Looky there. It's really just getting the stream. That's crazy, right? <laughs> my mom loves my music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so speaking of live shows, you have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. We're really excited because we just found out we're going to be seeing you at – um, a bunch of these exciting places. So tell us what's coming up. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, I guess it's not applicable. But end of 2021, what does it look like for touring? Yeah. So right now I'm living in a trailer with my dogs. We kind of covered that. Um, but I will be going to the IWMAs the second weekend Woo-hoo! in November. And I'll get to bump in you guys there. So excited because I feel like I know you, but we haven't officially, like, hugged or like made our friendship official yet so I'm really looking forward right, to that right it felt weird <laughs> earlier when you were like oh my god we can actually meet and I was like wait I, was like, I thought we knew what and I was like you're I right we, know each other. we haven't met in person huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel it I feel it deep that we've met each other in person just yeah. we're gonna yeah. make it official soon <laughs> but Watch out yeah one. that'll be fun I'm so excited um then I'm gonna ask I'm going let's see from Albuquerque, then I go up through Colorado and Wyoming, and then I play in Billings, Montana, the weekend before Thanksgiving. And then I zip back over to Oregon, stay there for Thanksgiving, and then I'm going to Las Vegas for the NFR. Uh, you know, so I'll bump into you guys again there, hopefully. <laughs> I hope November goes well. We're going to be doing a lot of avoiding at the oh NFR. My oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Those girls again. Anytime. <laughs> I cannot imagine that happening. I've had this much fun talking with you, so well, that's I true. don't think that'll happen. We pride ourselves on being just as obnoxious in person as we are on the podcast. Perfect. The real I feat. love it. <laughs> Somehow we rise to the occasion. Every time we do. We so do. then, Olivia, you have a number of performances in between, though. So can you tell us more about this tour? Like, you set all of this up for yourself and are just out here driving around the U.S.? Yeah, so it's kind of wild. Uh, when I had my album released in May, I had a few kind people from Texas messaging me, being like, hey, you really need to come play music in Texas. Hey, when are you coming down to, like, Dallas-Fort Worth and play music, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I've been to Texas before. I usually have, like, just gone in for the weekend, play music, and then I fly back to Oregon or Nashville or wherever I'm at at the time. Um, and I thought, but, yeah, that probably would be good because that's probably the best region for my music um not that there's not traditional country all over you know the state but there seems to be a really good audience for it in texas oklahoma you know that area and so i was trying to think of how i would organize it and how long i would want to go and where i would live because we all know that it would be pretty expensive to like live out of a hotel room for that long and so Mm. i thought oh maybe i could just buy a trailer and then I'll just, like, book a tour for six weeks. And so I told my mom this idea, and she's like, okay, um, you're going to live in a trailer? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to live in a trailer. I'm going to drive from Oregon 
all the way to Texas by myself with my dog and live there and like I'm gonna play and she's like huh okay <laughs> and my dad's like no she ain't not on the phone <laughs> but lo and behold I bought the trailer I bought the roof dad <laughs> I bought it and he was like oh, okay so you know now I have like this huge massive tote of tools in the bed of my pickup. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with any of these, but I have them because my dad wouldn't let me leave without, like, making sure I was ready to go if something happened. So, but, but, yeah, I mean, I made it down here, and I have really no idea how it worked out. I think it's just kind of, like, a little blessing, to be honest, because I looked up a whole bunch of venues, and Texas is huge. I didn't want to be running from, you know, I don't know, like the east side to the west side and back and uh, San Antonio up to Fort Worth, like to make it kind of a cohesive tour that makes sense was like the most intimidating part of it just because I didn't know how to make that happen. And some of these little towns, I don't know where they are. So I just reached out to a whole bunch of people and spent, you know, like five or six days in a row just contacting people and Instagram or Facebook or calling them and sending them emails and then, you know, logging when I did it. And then a couple of weeks after that, I did it again. And I think I just annoyed the crap out of so many of them. And <laughs> they're like, okay, okay. Let's Fine. Come <laughs> That's always my, um, my method is that until they're yelling expletives, like don't stop annoying them. Never relent. Right. Like it's not my fault. Never you can't relent. respond. I'm going to keep responding. So I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send it again. I, like, I saw you read this. Yeah, I, I noticed it's your fun. profile picture came up by the check mark. Um, per my last email. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I love it. Well, Olivia, what would you say is some sage advice that you could give to somebody? Maybe not even like that's coming up and wanting to be a musician, but just anybody that has some sort of truck camper sized dream. Any advice or just like stage advice? Both. Oh, goodness. I don't know. I mean, if you want something, just go for it. Like, you know, don't give up. I, it, it is true. Like, bother people until they tell you, please leave me alone. I, you don't want to, like, get a bad taste in their mouth as this person that's super annoying. But at the same time, your dream is not going to chase you back. You have to chase mm -hmm. it down and do everything it takes. And, like, it's it's one of those things, if you really want it, then you've got to put in the time and you got to work hard. Um, you can't sit around and wish for your dream to come true. Like, you really got to get out there and work for it and put in the hours and the blood and the sweat and the tears that goes along with the music business because it's not always fun. But when it does work out and when somehow magically this Texas trailer tour comes together, you look back and you'd be like, okay, it was a lot of work. And I was, like, definitely – blood, sweat, and tears a couple times, but look at it now. Like, it's, it's worked out really well. So I think as far as if you're wanting to be a musician, just put in the time. Don't give up. You know, look for people to surround yourself with that are going to encourage you. I know Angela and I will be there to, you know, <laughs> keep you yes. going anytime. I yes. but Yeah, I think that's the best thing you can do. And as far as being on stage, I don't know. I, I started out being terrified to talk between songs and tell stories or move around. But I think when you just kind of remember that you're just a human and everyone who's watching you is just a human. And if you mess up or if you forget the words or you say something dumb, like if one of them in the audience wants to come do it better, by all means, 
But yes. just a human. Here's the mic. Don't ask the drunk guy, though, because they will think they can do it better. <laughs> they do. Like, okay. come up there. Like, oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, well, Olivia, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah. Um, let's see. Instagram and Facebook and the TikTok are always good. I'm trying to be better on my TikTok game. I feel kind of old. But <laughs> heard high. But we're trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, and then just, you know, my website has all of my tour dates on it and so does social media. So if you want to come find where I'm going to be at any point, just Olivia Harms on any of the platforms, you'll be able to find me. I try not to make it too much of an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> But she is a real treat, everyone. So if you're not following her online already, make sure you head over to Instagram, Olivia Harms, look up her music, go to her website, buy some of that merch. Buy the damn merch. Um, and if you're in New Mexico for the IWMAs or if you're in Vegas for the NFR, um, give us a shout. Look for look for all of us. We'll be there. We'll be there. Um, so, Olivia, thank you so much yes. for taking a break from your time in Sunny, sunny Fort Worth, Fort Worth. Oh, <laughs> can't to talk to us we're super jealous but um <laughs> it's been great to to catch up and to talk to you today so thank you oh my gosh I appreciate it so much and I love being on and chatting with you guys and not to worry I will enjoy the 88 degrees for you uh, thank you go get sunburnt for me <laughs> okay it won't take much <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something. I she has so many mean things I had, to say. I had a lot of expletives that just all stayed in. <laughs> She's being nice. <laughs> Never. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Breaking Western Podcast, Season Four. four. Going four broke. Four broke. Well, see you in the next one. <laughs>